Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. We've got Nick Wolf behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show here, you like what you hear, do us a favor, subscribe to the live stream on YouTube, give us a like, or better yet, drop a comment and let us know what you want us to cover. So we've got, we need the breaking news sounder on this. Um, I and I, 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 I'm clear we should start here, Stacey, because this is pretty big news. Oh, so, I called it. I called it, didn't I, Nick? <laughs> and this all happens on, on the ride over here. Yep. So breaking news coming out of the real estate world. I, I, we need sound effects. I feel, I feel <laughs> very uh, <laughs> disappointed we don't have any here. So what, what, what happened is the commission lawsuit settled earlier today about one o'clock and it settled for a pretty big number. Uh, the Sitzer Burner jury awarded the plaintiffs $1.785 billion in damages. The jury deliberated for less than three hours the day after closing remarks were given Plaintiffs argue that the defendants, including the National Association of Realtors, Keller Williams and Home Services, conspired to keep and enforce the cooperative compensation rule, which in turn led to inflated fees for home sellers. And I'm going to guarantee you this this gets appealed right now. So let's just we we can kind of table that. What do you think about all this, Stacey? I mean, this this was a little surprising to me how quickly it settled. The number is big. I didn't see the lawsuit going this way based on some of the testimony. What do you think? I agree 100% with you. Uh, We talked about some of the testimony last week on the show. Um, And, I mean, there was a couple in particular that were very satisfied with the transaction. Um, They didn't have any real complaints. It it was very interesting to hear them say that, Um, although they were one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. And if... I probably would have lost a bet if I had bet on this. Um, I didn't think that it would be decided so quickly, first of all. Um, And secondly, for such a large number. I think it's already probably in uh, getting appealed right now as we speak. (laughs) They're probably filing the paperwork. So it should be interesting to see uh, when it goes to appeal um, what happens after that. But one thing I can say is that um, I'm glad that Remax did settle uh, <laughs> beforehand, so they weren't involved in this. They came to a settlement agreement um, for a much lower number. So they fifty-five probably, million. Yeah, so they probably got a good deal. Um, so I, I'm just—it's going to be interesting to see where this goes uh, on the appeal side. I mean, so the, 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 this is this is definitely going to get appealed. I don't I don't think there's any question there that you know, no matter what the ruling was, it was uh-huh. going to be appealed by one side or the other. Um, and, you know, what what I'm clear on is that no matter what happens here, cause even if they they, they I mean, I, I do do think it's a smart move that Remax settled. I give anywhere some credit for settling. I would have probably recommended the other companies do the same thing. I always think it's better to keep things out of, because the, the court damages are always higher than the settlement. I don't think there's any question there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm clear on, though, is that real estate's already changing, despite mm-hmm. this commission lawsuit outcome. And um, I, I don't see buyer agent commissions going away, uh, The even though the Real Estate Board of New York, and um, they had kind of modified that 
the seller has to pay those, not the, uh, they have to come directly from a consumer, which is already the case in, in Pennsylvania. I, I see that, you know, you're seeing MLSs depart from NAR strategy and, and what they've normally done, Bright MLS in particular. Um, 90% of the MLSs in the country are owned by NAR. So, I mean, if the NAR just got out of the MLS business, that could be pretty effective. And and really, you know, what I, what I see happening more and more is that there's so many folks that don't put the customer first in the transaction. And when you do that, usually good things happen. And usually people are okay paying for that representation. So we can, we'll react to the lawsuit here in a second. But I mean, no matter what happens here, there's going to be some changes in how business is done. And it's not that entitlement of, I showed this home, that's my client. And the people that play it loose with agency contracts, which we know there's a lot of, I mean, that's something I'd be adjusting in my business right away. Let's get in the office and talk about how we work together instead of going out and then dealing with the stuff after the fact. There's going to have to be a real change in approach here on, on how this gets done. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised it happened so quickly in three hours. I mean, it doesn't seem like there was much of a case, even though some of the testimony was very questionable that we heard. Yeah, that's that's the uh, surprising part about it. It, it was only three hours. So, um, and I agree. There's going to be, you know, I'm on some of these groups, real estate agent groups, and <sighs> people have been Good just Lord. in panic right. mode yes. about this whole thing. Um, and honestly, if like you said, Tom, if you put clients first, you know, and and not be so salesy about uh, transactions, then really good things happen and people will understand the need to have representation. Um, because for the most part, the whole reason that, um, buyer buyers agents came about were because of, uh, the consumer getting defrauded, right? They need representation if you're on the buy side. Well, everybody does in my view. So whether you're going to hire an attorney or hire a, an experienced agent, you need representation because really crazy things and um, a lot of fraud can happen if, if you don't have it. But the agents that aren't comfortable, I guess, or maybe they don't have a clear understanding uh, or maybe they just really need to brush up on their skills, um, that's where I see the hair on fire uh, and they think that things are, are really going to be very different. Um, but if you just continue to provide value, bring value, express, be able to express your value, uh, you and your clients uh, can build great relationships and um, you shouldn't have any problems um, being able to represent these folks. Mm-hmm. Here's the other wrinkle in this. Th- this is just bananas to me. And all the more reason I'm glad Remax settled and anyone that's part of anywhere, you should be happy that your company settled as well. Minutes after the jurors sided with the home seller plaintiffs in the Sitzer Burnett trial, their attorney, Michael Ketchmark, filed a new class action lawsuit against another group of big name real estate industry entities, specifically named are Compass, EXP, Redfin, Weikert, United Real Estate, Howard Hanna, and Douglas Elliman. And the suit also named the National Association of Realtors as well. Um, and this is on behalf of three new home sellers who, like those in the Sitzer Burnett claim, have suffered from a real estate industry conspiracy that inflated agent commissions. So to me, that is a, a huge boon for anyone that is, I mean, we're, we're, you, you hope your leadership of whatever company you're a part of. And I'm a big believer, 
and you know this, that your environment levels you up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of leader I want at a company I'm part of because I, I feel a whole lot better about where my business is going, where your business is going, where everyone our team's business is going now, seeing all these other companies are named and we're not part of a $1.7 billion settlement, it's a fraction of that. So what do you think about this move by the Sitzer Burnett attorney, Michael Ketchmark? Yeah, totally not surprising. I mean, if he smells blood in the water now, like, oh, great, we won this you know, mon- monumental case. It just opens the door for everything else. I'm sure they had it all slated and ready to go for this moment. Um, and it's just a way for them to continue to capitalize. And I'm sure you can find um, it, there was three additional sellers. There's probably many more that would be willing to come forward um, to express their disappointment or uh, unknowing, unknowingly signing <laughs> listing contracts that state clearly how the uh, professional fees are, are paid out. Um, so to me, that's not surprising. And I think that that one will con- that one will move forward, even though this one's going to be a- appealed. But based on how the appeal goes for the first lawsuit, um, it could pave the way on how the second one uh, turns out. I agree. And this is the least surprising thing. Again, <laughs> I mean, it's and, and one of the drivers here is where's all this money going? A lot of right. this money is going to attorneys. Let's call it what it is. That's sure. what a lot of people are uh, talking about. And when I looked at what's um, happening in the marketplace and I, I, I'm in, you know, I, I talk to team leaders around the country all the time and other people that are influential in the market. So there's uh, when we're looking at um, some of this here and, and I'll give you the reaction from a source. These are two very well-known people in the um in the real estate industry. I think these are questions that we're going to have to be answering. One, are you prepared to handle the questions, um, objections, and potential concerns from home buyers? That's number one. I think you got to be able to answer that as a real estate agent. Number two, how proficient is each person working with buyers delivering a buyer agency presentation? Mm-hmm. We've said this how many times, right? Don't just go show a property are you proficient in delivering a buyer agency presentation and getting a contract signed? And three, we should all, you know, we should all build a, hey, here's what we do for you that we personalize, which I know our team already has in place. Here's how we help you. Here's how we deliver value in the transaction. And here's the good news. Like this has not been, this is not something unusual for real estate. Why should you, why should you, why should I hire you, Stacey? How many times have people asked you that? Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot. Uh, all most the of the time that you're at an appointment, they'll ask. And if, if you know what you're doing in this business and you're willing to play offense, not defense, because defense is going to be, oh, I hope they don't ask about this. Let's see what happens. Offense is getting ahead of it and addressing the objection before it even comes up. Um, and it's over communicating certainty and continuing to attract more home sellers, which I know we've been talking about. It feels like every every training, every session that we have, every time we're together, what are you doing to get listings on how are we working with more buyers? Because that's what controls the market. And if, if you're not focusing on those things, you're going to be really vulnerable to whatever changes come out of this. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen yet. There's going to be an appeal. I still have a feeling that the REMAX settlement is going to mirror what the terms are. I, I just, they wouldn't have settled otherwise. Like, why would this attorney have settled knowing what he knows now? Um, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that take. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's more, like, 
other lawsuits that come out of this. Now they're like, oh, we might get somebody um, and we might be able to, to, to work with them. Fortunately, double jeopardy is a real thing. You can't try someone twice. So mm-hmm. we have that protection there because the settlement was negotiated. Again, very smart move by Remax and anywhere. I give those leadership there um, a lot of credit at both organizations. I do too. So I agree. Everything you said about agents um, being able to answer those vital questions when you're dealing with um, consumers out there, when you're dealing with buyers and sellers, know your value, know how to do the buyer presentation. Like that's one thing that we learn right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. What, how are you going to talk to your potential clients? What are you bringing to the table here? Why do they, why will they want to work with you? Um, So I think that's so important and you can't, go over that. You can't learn that enough. You can't sharpen your skills enough. You always have to stay one step ahead in, in this, um, industry, because if not, you will, you know, you'll, somebody else is always going to be stronger and, um, be able to offer more. So honing and sharpening your skills is never a bad idea. Well, and the the reaction here is that this is going to be in court for another six, eight months. I mean, at least, if not longer. And right. unfortunately, that's just how the legal system works. Um, but when you look at what's happened here, I mean, I would I would imagine the other case is going to get settled by these people. I think it was a mistake not to settle. I mean, anytime you can settle, it's a known quantity. You negotiate that. You have control. When you go to a jury, you don't have control, Mm-mm. right? And we talk right. about a business where what can you can control and what you can't control. And our business is full of things like that where, I mean, there's other things going on. I mean, we've, you know, you you see what Zillow's doing, right? Like they, we don't have control over that. We have control how we generate our own business, how we talk to people, how we convert with them. And there's going to be three reactions to this from the real estate population, in my view. One is there's going to be folks that do even more business despite this commission lawsuit settlement Mm -hmm. or whatever happens with it, because they're going to look, focus on the right things they can control. Are they getting better at their appointment? Do they know what to say? Are they using the right scripts and dialogues? Are they building a relationship and using empathy and helping people and doing it for the, the client and the consumer's reasons, not their own reasons? And there's a lot of agents that put their reasons ahead of everything else. I mean, you've dealt with probably hundreds of them. <laughs> so that's going to be one, people that do more business in spite of this. Then there's going to be folks that drop out of the industry entirely. They're going to quit, right? They're not going to They're not going to leave because of this lawsuit. They're going to quit because they don't want to do the work. And that work involves talking to people, educating folks, doing things that other people don't want to do. In this business, one of the things people hate doing, which blows my mind, is talking to folks on the phone, (laughs) right? I mean, and and, and you and I have had a client relationship. I don't think I texted you at all during that relationship. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at my phone and figure that stuff out. But I mean, it was was a very hands-on approach. So you knew exactly what was going on. And Stacy was a for sale by owner, by the way, everybody. So not the easiest people to convert. So maybe maybe that's why we <laughs> like working together. And I'm, I'm saying that in, in jest a little bit, but that's, that's a normal thing. People are afraid to call those folks. Yep. And then you're going to have the people that are going to run away and just keep doing what they've been doing and hope for a different result. Mm-hmm. So the latter two, we know what's going to happen with them. I'm clear this is an opportunity to really grab market share for mm-hmm. the people that are aggressive and... You're going to see the companies that have a forward-thinking approach and a clear vision get bigger and get more dominant. And those are the folks that are going to still be around in 5, 10, 15, 20 years helping people buy and sell real estate because the average consumer still needs guidance. Yep, 100%. 
And not only that, but with the, the shifting of the market and the changing of the market, there's been a lot of people just uh, stepping away from this business too. So that that does leave open uh, the opportunity to expand your business. Um, but you'll have to do the work. You'll have to, you know, make some changes. But this doesn't, I don't feel stressed or concerned about this because we have been training <laughs> and you know, I, I know what value I bring to my clients. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm not I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, I'm concerned in the sense that I like to know what's going on in, in the world of real estate. It is mm-hmm. my business. Yes. Um, but as far as me not being able to be successful and me not being able to help my clients the best that I can, I'm not that concerned about it in that sense. Well, and, and here's, what, here's what folks are really going to have to do. And this is going to make a lot of people cringe when they hear this. You're going to have to talk to more people. Yep. I mean, and, and you know, even in spite of all this, you're seeing, and we're going to get into next what's, what's happening in the market because there's argument that we might be slipping into a, a real estate recession, not necessarily the market is doing bad, but there's less home selling. We'll explain what that means in the next segment. That comes from Lance Lambert over uh, formerly of Fortune Magazine. Now he's got his own website called the Resi Club, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. The, the point is though, that, People don't, for whatever reason, they just don't want to talk to people on the phone or talk to them in person. Everyone says I'm better in person. You know how you get more people in person? You talk to them on the phone and set an appointment. And if it was tough for you this year, it's going to be as tough next year. I don't, maybe a little more tough, maybe a little less tough. Who knows? It really comes down to communicating your value in a conversation with people that leads to an appointment. And this lawsuit, whatever's going on, this is how the market was. Buyer agency wasn't a thing prior to the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I don't see this changing too much. Now, I would argue, I think there's going to be a little bit of a challenge with companies like Zillow who are so buyer reliant. Mm. This could be a problem for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a problem for companies or people that are reliant on one lead source instead of working with the people that know them, like them, trust them, working in their sphere, who aren't going after listings. You know, there, there's a lot of things that could be problematic for folks. If you're talking to people and communicating value, that's not going to be one of them. I mean, and it just, it just, that, that it, I know it's a simple answer. I'm not oversimplifying this. It's just the reality of the market. Mm-hmm. You and I won't know what to do, right? I have full confidence. Stacey Mitchell is going to thrive in this market, probably even more so than you have in the past three years. I, I just don't know if people are going to want to do the work that it's going to take. Right. And it is, it is mind blowing. There are so many people that don't want to talk, like don't want to pick up the phone. That's how you first get in contact with, uh, with most of, of, uh, the consumers. Like if we get an inbound lead, um, they, they inquired about real estate for a reason. They're mm-hmm. either looking to buy or looking to sell. So you have to call them and find out what their needs are. And the best way to do that is to get on the phone make the call, talk to them. And, and really that's the best way. It gets lost in translation through text messaging. Um, it can be lazy. Sure. There are some people that definitely respond better to text messaging. Maybe it's an age, um, difference there, but I know that working with some of the boomers, they don't want to work work that way. (laughs) They don't work best through email or text messaging. They're, they're definitely phone call people. Um, and, and not only that, there, there's cards and letters that work well with those kind of people mm-hmm. also. So doing that kind of hard work, that's where it's at. That's where, that's where, that's everything right there. So if you're not getting on the phone, 
I don't, I don't know how you're going to manage, um, you know, getting clients. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's there, there, there's, we, we study the four cornerstones of a great conversation all the time from Phil Jones. That's something that, uh, our all-star sales manager, Brian has been pushing because it really breaks it down for you. And one of the most important things is genuine curiosity, right? I mean, how many times have you heard someone, they, they give up on a lead because they don't like the way they sounded on the phone or they make some sort of judgment about them. And they, they tell themselves a story of what's happening, them actually getting to the, the, the bottom of it. And whoever controls, uh, asks the most questions controls the conversation. So whoever's asking all those questions controls the conversation. And that leads to finding out how serious people are about transacting, how important it is for them to make a move for their family, whether it's buying or selling, some of the stressors involved with all that. And it's really hard to do that when you're firing text messages back and forth with no tonality, you can't hear the sound of someone's voice and you can't mirror and match their pace and all those things. And these are things that a lot of people got away from, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with this unicorn market and to really drive business. This is the stuff that agents who want to take market share, not the ones that want to get out of the business or that want to, uh, you know, run away and keep doing things the same way. If you want control in your business, it, it starts with, having conversations with people you know, and then branching out from there. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I would put the odds at like plus 50,000 that this goes to appeal. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very good <laughs> odds, right? Yes. So it, 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 um, and so I, I, I see that happening here. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about if the market's actually in a, the housing market might be going into a recession or not based on some interesting data from Lance Labert. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30 plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtool with an e.com. 
Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show here, you like what you hear, subscribe to the channel, give us a like, make sure to follow us on Instagram or YouTube, um, wherever you can find the show. So obviously some heavy, juicy stuff there with the commission lawsuit settling. We're going to be talking about that for weeks. There was an interesting article that came out from Lance Lambert. So if you don't know Lance, I've had the chance to interview him on the Knowledge Brokers podcast. He was the former uh, he was a former writer for Fortune Magazine. Now he's got his own uh, website called uh, The Resi Club. It's at resiclubanalytics.com. Uh, this is one of my go-to reads now. It's funny how like the stuff you read evolves over time. I mean, this is something that I used to read his articles all the time, and I'm like, where the heck did they go? And then I saw this, so I, kn- I knew what was happening. <laughs> so what Lance talks about, and he's, he's really insightful. He's coined the term the lock-in effect, and, and I mean, I, I, I follow him and read his stuff constantly. Um, last week... Actually, it was on Monday, just hours after uh, there was data published on Thursday showing that residential fixed investment growth was positive last year after nine quarters straight of contraction. Wells Fargo released a report called Raising Borrowing Costs Stand to Tip the Housing Sector Back into Recession. So let me be very clear what they're talking about here. The housing market and values are not in a recession. Housing values are up 4.64% year over year through last month in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, So we're not seeing prices contract. What they're talking about is activity. And the real estate business, the industry, is absolutely in a recession. Year to date, the market's down 35, 40% in some places. Luckily, our team is pacing way ahead of the market. We're we're down 19% year to date. That number's only going to come up. Um, So... That, that's all great, even though we're still doing less business, not, not the most exciting thing. But so we're, that's, that's the kind of drop that you're seeing. And the recent run up on mortgage rates with, you know, they're coming in 7.75% as of today mm-hmm. uh, means that where mortgage rates are, we're in the, the income growth rate and house prices, October 2023 now is the least affordable month for U.S. housing this century. And Wells Fargo says that means housing activity will continue to contract. So what do you think about all this, Stacey? Wow. In this century. Um, so it's 23 years. Right. <laughs> it's not like this is like 1998. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, that was just yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I agree. But that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give some perspective right, here. Exactly. So um, I, I know one thing is for certain. Um, there's a lot of concern. Uh, with the interest rates with my buyers. Some of my clients have been priced out of the market or they have to change their price point when they're looking for housing. 
So it, it's tough for them. That's that's for certain. Um, but again, there's opportunity in this market also. And I, I get back to basics. You have to live somewhere. Mm-hmm. Whether you're going to buy real estate or whether you're going to rent, you're going to pay unless you have lovely family members that will allow you to stay with them forever um, or other kind of free housing. I don't know too many people that offer that, but... I guess there's some, <laughs> but um, you, you're there's a payment to where you're going to be living. So, real estate, in my mind, in my personal opinion, is never a bad investment. So, wherever the interest rates will be, they will be. Um, way back when, when I bought my house, it was t- almost twelve percent uh, mortgage interest rate, and here. Um, the thir- in 1981, <laughs> the 30-year mortgage rate peaked at nearly 19%. Isn't that wild? I mean, it, it, you think about these numbers and right. it's a bunch of spoiled babies. It's, it's like <laughs> and when you think about like, oh, they're not 2 or 3%. Although, at the right. same time, it's a big jump from where we are. So I, I think it, it, go, it goes both ways. But it's, perspective is an interesting thing. Right. And, and people that are newly in the market, they don't have this th- knowledge about where the rates used to be or where they were in history. So when you tell them this information, there's a shocked look, of course. Um, but, but that's the truth. So the interest rates will be what they are. But when you're comparing to what the housing values are over the years, there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. The, the home values continuously increase. And for us to get a 4% increase year over year from from last year, um, I mean, to me, that's phenomenal because average is about 3%, right? Mm-hmm. So the values are still increasing. They're still going to increase. We still have a housing uh, shortage for the most part. And um, so that's what's driving the prices up. And by all means, if you're still considering and you can uh, make those purchases for sure. Get into a home. Get you know, buy something because you're going. You're going to have that appreciated value year over year. But the interest rates, if they do dip, you can refinance or recast. And we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but waiting for rates to come down, waiting for housing prices to come down, it's never a good idea. And and I mean, Sarah, who she's not on the the, the show today. She's actually out trick or treating with her daughter, which is super cool. Um, she said something, I, I think it was over the summer, like you can never time the market. It never works yep. out. And I, I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of the predictions here, uh, Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo, they forecast U.S. home prices tracked by Case Schiller for the end of 2023, 2024, and 2025. And they have them continually going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a chart that we put on a couple of videos that we put out, I sent to Nick, where it shows that the next five years from the Home Price Expectation Survey, which is 100 plus economists that... Um, that that kind of give you your their take on the housing market, right? So it's two to five percent appreciation year over Amazing. year. So if someone told you this is a guarantee, which it's not a guarantee, we know that prices did go down. I mean, if you look at this chart on the Resi Club uh, site, it does show that you know kind of two thousand eight things went down a little bit and mm-hmm. then they they came back up. Um, but but the point is that. Very, if you're holding on the housing long term, you're not losing. That that that's really right. the short of it. And knowing that, Ryan Serhan did a great job. He put out some content that said, "Hey, you can renegotiate your rate with a refinance mm-hmm. if you qualify." There's a lot of asterisks there. You can't refinance the purchase price, the number that you bought in. And to me, that is the the, the most intelligent way to look at this. 
Um, so, I mean, when, when they say recession, you know, the term recession typically implies a decline in economic activity rather than falling prices. And that's what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that is because of the lock-in effect, right? So if you look at, um, this is another chart I sent to Nick. I don't know if we can put this up, but I'll just explain it. I think it'll, it'll make a lot more sense that way. If you look at where homeowners have rates right now, and, and Keeping Current Matters did a really nice job of putting this together, that there's maybe one-eighth, if that, of the entire homeowners in the country have a rate higher than 6% right now on their home. Then there's another, you know, I mean, this is, looks, it's, it's still not even a quarter. I mean, this is, I think it's like an eighth total. And then there's, because 90% of people have a, have a six or less, right? Then you have a small group that are five to six, and then literally everybody else is five or less. So when wow. you're going to 7.75, and that doesn't include all the homes that are owned free and clear, which they're in the best spot because they can go move and buy something and not have to worry about rates if they're buying cash. People just aren't going to move unless there's right. a real reason to do it. And they have to think very hard about making this decision. So because of the cash that was pumped into the system, because of lowering rates down to basically zero by the Fed during the pandemic, what we're seeing happen is that people just, they, they don't want to move. Um, and then additionally, there's, there's this chart here. It's the updated housing forecast from Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo. And they look at a lot of things like new home sales, existing home sales. So, you know, people are predicting in some cases more, in some cases, less homes that sold this year. Um, I mean, and we still don't know where the numbers are going to end up because we got a couple, I mean, really we got like three weeks left, four weeks left to, to mm-hmm. see how this goes. But, but I mean, we're seeing prices are going to keep going up. And what's going to happen is the number of transactions are going to be relatively flat. So knowing what's going on here, Stacey, um, I mean, and, and I mean, now like NAR sending a letter to like fiscal and monetary policymakers telling them what to do. The market that we're in right now is probably going to be the market we see the next couple of years. What, what advice do you have for people that are thinking about buying or selling a home right now? Well, it really comes down to motivation. Why are you buying or selling a home? Right. I mean, you have to, is it a job transfer? Are you busting out at the seams in your home? You're, you know, you're expanding your family. Um, it's going to be a generational um, combined household, right? I see a lot of that too, generations combining. So you have, you know, the family, um, the younger generation with the kids, but, and they're bringing in their parents or grandparents. So what is the motivation? Why are you looking to buy or sell? And that should be the number one reason. Uh, Secondary, I know the lock-in effect, that's a huge chunk of people Mm -hmm. that have a below 6% interest rate. It's very enticing to stay there and locked in. But if you're, you know, if you're miserable, busting out the seams, you need more space, you need more room, or your job transfer, there's some things that are beyond your control. You just have to go with it. Um, So my advice is, don't wait any longer because you can't time the market. Look at the, look at your monthly payments. That's break it down into small chunks like that. If you're a buyer, you know what what is it that you can afford monthly, and then go from there. Uh, if you're a seller, hey, great news, great news, sellers. It's still a seller's market. So once you list your home, uh, you there's plenty of buyers out there looking. So uh, for sellers, um, you'll definitely, if it's positioned properly in the market, uh, as far as price point and presentation, you're not going to have any issues selling. So, you know, talk to a trusted agent, get the advice, find out the process and uh, just move forward.
Here's some perspective on rates um, that I want to share with everybody. So you talked about what they were in the past. Mm-hmm. You know what your credit card rate is, Stacey? You know what the average credit card rate is right now? It's, it's close to 30, isn't it? Um, average? It, it averages anywhere from 18.73 up to 28%. Okay. This is the average. I mean, they're, and they're trending around 25. Is that It's like 24.99. Mm-hmm. So that's where your credit card rate is. Um, auto loans. Oh, that's a good one. And People are, don't know what their, so what their car loan is. Auto loan rates, uh, and I mean, this is just, you know, where, where they are right now um, is anywhere from, let's see what we got here, 5 to 18.5%. And that's on wow. new and used cars. It depends on your credit score and everything else. You don't see people hesitate to buy cars. There's no. a lot of demand for cars right now. And actually, there's a lot of demand for houses. But people don't think about what the rate is on their car. I mean, the, if, let's say you're in a 601 to 660 credit score. A new car loan, the average is 8.99%. On a used car, it's going to be 13.49%. Um, if your credit score is 661 to 780, it's 6.44%. Used car is 9.06%. So you're seeing the, these rates on, on and these, val, the, debt's just debt with a credit card. There's, there's, nothing, there's no upside there, that you, except you got to pay it off, right? Mm-hmm. A car goes down in value. Yeah, it doesn't it go up. So if you're telling me, Let's take the, the 661 to 780, and let's say you're buying a new car loan. You're at 6.44% versus 775 but the asset's going to go down. It's a shorter term. The payment's a bigger chunk. I'm buying the house every time. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer to me if you're just looking at the numbers and the math, if you're getting 5% appreciation. So the, the, the thing I want people to start thinking about is what other financial decisions are you making? Um, I mean, we, we were talking about this yesterday. You were on that uh, our, our market uh memorandum training that we do every week. And a lot of sellers don't think about how much it actually costs them a month to carry their home. Mm -hmm. And let's say they own two properties and they're holding out for a certain price. Well, that's not a great financial decision when you factor in, you got two mortgage payments. Maybe your insurance goes up if the property's vacant. You're paying heating bills now in the Northeast. And you've also got, you know, some other, like there's maintenance involved. There's other things that can happen. Someone's not there. So if a pipe leaks, it could be a Ooh, really big problem. Right. So there, there's a lot of other things to consider besides just what the rate is. And what we're seeing happen really is this, that, um, and, and my outlook is I see what the lock-in effect does. And when rates come down, more people are going to jump into the market. There's no question about it. The flip side is if you see a home you like, and you can get it right now for a price you want where you get to do an inspection. You don't have to deal with bridging an appraisal gap, which is covering the difference between what the home appraises for and what it actually sells for. There's all these other things that cost people money. Maybe you do a 2-1 buy down. You buy the rate down the first two years, but you get the home that you want in the neighborhood that you want. And if you can get that rate down later, that to me is, is, is the way to look at this. And this isn't marry the house, date the rate nonsense. This is how do I get the home that I want right now? And you might be waiting a while for the next home because of what's going on where people are so locked in, mm-hmm. you don't see another new listing for six, eight months. You've had that right. happen to somebody where they want to be in a certain neighborhood or a certain location and they're waiting literally months to find something. I have probably a dozen people right now mm-hmm. with that because it, it, you know, they missed out on that house and that perfect home and they're still waiting for the next perfect home to come on. So I totally understand that situation. I love the the breakdown, the analogy of people don't think twice about buying that car. We see a lot of really nice cars out on the road. People are driving around. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time they're financing that. 
Yeah. They're not batting an eye about that. Mm -hmm. But when you hear them complain about, oh, the interest rates are too high to buy a house, it's like, that's your best investment. The car is not. You drive it off the lot, it depreciates Mm -hmm. big time. Um, The house is going to appreciate. So there is a cost to buying money, to, you know, to having to borrow money. There's a cost to that. So if you're going to pay somebody to borrow money uh, against a car that depreciates or you're going to pay somebody to borrow money on a home that's going to appreciate, what's the smarter move? Yeah. You know? Um, So I agree 100%. I love that analogy. But there's always a cost to borrowing money. And um, I can't stress enough, though, about the solid investment of real estate. If you can make that jump into a home, buy that house that you want. And like you said, if you can get it now where there's less competition, because guaranteed when the rates do come down and they will, Mm -hmm. people are going to flood the market again. And there's going to be more competition. And nine times out of 10, you're going to pay over asking price, waive those inspections like we've seen in the past. So now where there's less competition, go in, you can negotiate things, you can negotiate your inspections, negotiate purchase price, maybe. I've had that happen mm-hmm. already. Um, do it. Now's the time. Start on your investment. Well, and, and you know, it, it, there's predictions out there and we'll kind of leave with this. I want to talk about this next week. We had the, the commission lawsuit stuff that didn't get in the way, but took precedent for sure, is that there's predictions from Fannie Mae, Mortgage Bankers Association, and Goldman Sachs that you're going to see Q1 rates between 6.8 and 7.3%, Q2, 6.6 to 7.2, Q3, 6.3 to 7.1, and Q4, 6.1 to 6.8. These people have been so wrong in the past. I don't think you can even bank on the rates coming down. I mean, we don't know if they're going to go down or up. No one predicted we were going to be at these numbers, by the way. None of these economic forecasters predicted this so Look at the predictions at your own risk, and I would look at what's most important to you about the move, factor in all the decisions, look at your payment, look at your cash to close, and then make a business decision for your family. And if you do that, and you know what the risks are, because basically, the good news is, your payment's never going to go up, unless the taxes go up a little bit incrementally, which happens, or your insurance premium goes up. Mm -hmm. The principal and interest is never going to go up. So you have a fixed rate for 30 years and a lot of people don't see the value. This isn't like an adjustable rate loan. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have a balloon payment. <laughs> so right. these are things to consider here. I mean, you can, you can bank on these predictions, but a lot of people said rates are going to be 5 6% by fourth quarter. I mean, unless something drastically changes, I'm not seeing that. It's definitely a higher for longer environment. I agree. It's definitely going to be higher. Now, the interesting thing is uh, we know the feds are going to meet in November and I predict they're going to raise it one more time, Mm -hmm. 25 basis points. But then going into next year, and again, predictions, (laughs) we've, we've been way off in our predictions and, and other, other, um, very knowledgeable people have too. Mm -hmm. Um, into next year, it is an election year. So I always think that, you know, the politicians want the economy running smoothly and efficiently and as best, um, so that they can present it in the, in the best light possible. So they might start ticking down on those interest rates. I don't know. We don't know that to happen. We can only deal with and handle what is happening now, what's happening now in the market. And still, historically, the interest rates are right in line with where they have been uh, on the average. So it's not something unprecedented. 
It's just that people in the past couple of years have um, really enjoyed those super, super low interest rates. But let's be clear, the the interest rates that were so low during the pandemic, that was very intentional. That was intentionally done to keep the market going. It was to keep the economy going because real estate, that it's a huge part of the whole entire economy. So if if the feds didn't do that and we didn't have that robust real estate market during that time, it could have been much more catastrophic. So mm-hmm. that's, but but weaning people off of those great interest rates we're finding is very difficult, um, but they are historically at, at a normal rate. So uh, I, I think that they'll probably stay higher for longer, um, but there's always that possibility that going into next year and, and during the early Q1, Q2, they'll come down a little bit, but we don't know. Well said. All right. So we, so we got five minutes left here, Stacey. We're going to skip the commercial break. This is the first time we've ever done this. Very, very exciting. Big show today. <laughs> so it's Halloween. Ooh. I'm going to be freezing my butt off outside trick-or-treating with my children later. Yes. Apparently, you're going to get a ton of people coming through. Stacey's always very so. festive. She's got like kind of an orange looking scarf on. Yes. Um, Real estate has, and, and I, I, you know, there's always like scary things that happen in real estate, <laughs> things that strike fear in your heart. Um, and the biggest nightmare, uh, our friends at Now Bam talked about this, and I wanna, I'm, I'm going to share this story and then get your take on this. Um, the biggest nightmare in housing that I've heard of is that a company called You Call It, We Haul It, Inc., demolished the wrong home in Atlanta, literally knocked down an entire property because the address was incorrect for someone that was out of town. And uh, I mean, that to me is a nightmare, right? I mean, disasters with houses are are, are nightmares all the time. A pipe burst, something like that. But demolishing the house with the wrong address. Oh, that's a big one. You got to be kidding me. I mean, and and it's insane to me. What are some of your biggest nightmares that have happened in real estate? Or what's one of the, maybe the biggest nightmare (laughs) scenarios you've run into, or maybe one of the, something scary that happened? (laughs) Well, that's a good one. And I heard, let me just quick tell you one that I've heard, um, that a tree company went out and cut down trees on the wrong house. I, I believe yeah, that. So, and that was a big deal. But for me personally, okay, so I had a buyer and we were looking at a property and she even brought in an inspector uh, to do a walk and talk. Now, this particular buyer, she has a fear of somebody dying or has died in the home. And mm-hmm. it's always been kind of a joke between us. Like, she's like, okay, did somebody die here? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't think anybody died here. When we first walk into the house, there's a piece of carpeting that's cut out in the living room. And she looks at me and she said, oh, I bet they died there. And we laughed because it was an inside joke. So we go through the inspection. Everything checks out well. By the t- Before we walk out of the house, she's like, oh, my gosh. I, you know, she was so excited. We're going to make an offer. Um, and then the executor <laughs> decides to come out of the kitchen and tell us, oh, yeah, I'm glad you like the house. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to pull the carpet up because, yeah, that's where Joe was oh, found. Geez. Yeah, so... <laughs> He confirmed that that is exactly where the guy died, and that's why the carpeting was cut out. So, therefore, the fear in my client's face was very apparent. She turned about, you know, white as a ghost, and hence she did not put an offer in that house, and it confirmed her fears. <laughs> so it was kind of funny, but not for her. I mean, that, that I've gotten that question a lot, and it's weird because you don't have to disclose that unless there's like right. a health issue, at least in Pennsylvania. So yep. I think that, that that's definitely something that, that's a nightmare. I mean, to me, the biggest nightmare is this. Um, 
you, and you think you're going to closing, the buyer or the seller, and then it's like 24 hours before the settlement, and you get a, either a call from the lender or a call from the other agent that says, hey, I got bad news. We're not closing. And people have uprooted their lives. I mean, and maybe hey, we're, we're filing bankruptcy instead. This is something okay. that real that I've seen happen. Um, or where, hey, the seller's not moving out. Or there's a, there's a pipe that burst or, or, or something incredible. We had a house burned down that was under contract in the past 12 months. I mean, those sort of things, like the house getting demolished is pretty scary. That is. Um, and we've had that experience. The seller did not show up. Mm-hmm. Just recently, she ghosted everybody. Yep. <laughs> yes, I mean, the, the ta- and, and it, it's really, you know, it, it's it, it's tough because you think you're moving into a property and then, hey, mm-hmm. guess what? Surprise, your, enti- your uh, life is uprooted. We had issues with the state attorneys that didn't want to cooperate. The heirs wouldn't sell the property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these nightmare scenarios do happen. They do. And it really demonstrates the need to have someone that knows what's going on. So hopefully yes. there's no nightmares in real estate for anyone over the next couple months besides this commission lawsuit. So. Yep. That's it for this week's episode. You want to follow Stacy? She's at the number two Mitchco on Instagram. You can follow me at Tom Tool Three RD at Tom Tool Third. We're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. If you liked the show, go over to our YouTube channel. If you learned something, subscribe and like the video. It would mean a lot. Happy Halloween, everybody! That's it for this episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB eight sixty AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomToolWithAnE.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline.
When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Mortgage America's equal housing, MLS 12850.